Welcome to the next edition of Fixed Interest, where we are going to be discussing Argentina. My name is Charlie Sherry, and I'm the co-head of the Americas. I'm happy to be joined by Todd Martinez, director in the Sovereign Team and the primary analyst for Argentina. Argentina has had a challenging 2018 in which the severe FX depreciation and volatility and the loss of international reserves have led the country to request an IMF program. The IMF program was upsized and the disbursements were brought forward during the year as well. 2019 promises to be yet another interesting year with continuing high inflation and annual economic contraction and an interesting and a competitive presidential elections in October. Against this backdrop, Fitch recently affirmed Argentina's ratings at single B with negative outlook. So Todd, turning over to you, could you discuss briefly the main factors that went behind our recent affirmation of the rating and the negative outlook on Argentina? Thanks, Shelley. Good to be here. Essentially, the negative outlook represents that the risks that we highlighted when we first assigned the negative outlook in November haven't got away. What are those? Argentina is facing a very weak macroeconomic backdrop and a very uncertain outlook. It's in the middle of a multi-year contraction. Inflation keeps surprising on the upside and there's still a very fragile FX monetary balance. All of these macro uncertainties pose a lot of uncertainty around the government's ability to continue with fiscal consolidation and ensure debt sustainability. And it also means that Argentina hasn't yet recovered financing access, which of course is important for Argentina to be able to repay its debt because it won't be running fiscal surpluses. Something important to mention is, as you said, is elections. I think the elections are one aspect of all of those risks that I mentioned, but by no means they're the whole story. Uh, we don't think that after elections are over in any scenario, those, those risks are going away. But why did we affirm Argentina's rating at B? There is some good news and that's, you know, the IMF program remains on track. Argentina has met its key targets under the IMF program so far. It's reducing its twin deficits. Uh, this year, the current account deficit is set to see a sizable reduction. And the fact that the IMF program remains on track means that a large financing cushion is still available for Argentina. So even though they haven't regained market access and that still poses some uncertainty around the medium-term financing picture, the near-term financing picture is quite a bit clearer thanks to the IMF. So let's just talk a little bit more about the IMF. We are obviously past the annual anniversary of the IMF program. In your view, how has the IMF program really helped the credit story of Argentina? And what are the remaining challenges that you see? The IMF program has been a key support for Argentina's credit rating. First and foremost, it's a very large financing buffer. This is a $57 billion program, the largest in IMF history. And so that's a significant financing cushion that helps Argentina in the near term. Second of all, it imports credibility. Now there's a more rapid pace of policy adjustment and there are much greater incentives to keep it on track with, with the IMF supervision there. What are the challenges though? I think the biggest one is that this IMF program has not restored market access as it was supposed to. This program, if you read the, all of the documents, it's supposed to be a catalytic program where IMF funding causes the market to, to crowd in. But so far we've seen that Argentina's risk premia have only risen since the IMF. Uh, second of all, inflation has been a big disappointment. It, like I said, it keeps surprising on the upside. And high inflation poses a lot of uncertainty around other variables going forward. Third of all, what does the economic recovery look like in Argentina? The IMF is currently projecting that they'll eventually get back to growth rates of 35 
but it's still a really early stage to know if a significant multi-year belt tightening by the public sector can be offset by a lot of dynamism in the private sector because we we've seen disappointment on that front already. Maybe let's turn to credit metrics and talk a little bit about the fiscal outlook. How are you evaluating risk of fiscal slippage in 2019 as well as in 2020? Mm -hmm. The good news is that so far in 2018 and in the first quarter of 2019, Argentina has met its fiscal targets. We do see risk going forward, however. In 2019, so far in the year, you've seen a lot of revenue underperformance. That's largely a reflection of the export taxes, which were introduced as a key consolidation measure, have fallen well short of their estimates, but also that non-export tax revenues, just the normal tax collections, have been weak because of a weak economic backdrop, and that's not what the budget had projected. So because of that revenue underperformance, there's a risk that there's some fiscal slippage in 2019. Right now we're projecting that the primary deficit will end this year at 0.5% of GDP. That's over the 0% target, but within the 0.5% uh, of GDP adjusters that's allowed under the program. 2020 is even more difficult. I think an important thing to mention is that while yes, the government has met its fiscal targets so far, that's been achieved by a pretty dramatic reduction in primary spending, most of which has been unintentional. It's been achieved because inflation has surged and surprised expectations, and that's eroded the, the budget outlays in real terms. But about 60% of Argentina's spending is social benefits, most of which are indexed to past inflation. So as inflation declines, a lot of those savings will be eaten up, and they'll have to be offset with something else. So. In 2020, Argentina's hoping to consolidate by another percentage point of GDP, but because of that issue, they're gonna need more than a percent of GDP in measures to, to get there. And it's hard to know how they're gonna get there. Uh, tax pressures are already very high. They've cut capital spending to the bone. Uh, they're really gonna have to rely on, on more cuts on subsidies, salaries, potentially pension reform, which would be more of a media-term issue. But all of those are politically difficult and involve a lot of trade-offs with microeconomic issues. So you've talked about uh, a lot about the fiscal risks that Argentina faces. What about debt? Argentina's debt is now over 80% of GDP, which is quite high for emerging market standards. So should we really be concerned about solvency risks in Argentina? We're not of the view that Argentina only faces liquidity risk, but not solvency risk. We think there are some solvency concerns to pay attention to. Two points, one on the level and one on the trend. You mentioned that Argentina's debt stock reached 86% of GDP at the end of last year. That's a very high number. A big mitigating factor is that a large chunk of that debt is held within the public sector. We think that by any metric, gross debt or net debt, Argentina's debt still looks pretty high. On the trend, we see a number of, of big risks. We do project that debt will decline much more slowly than the IMF does, but we see a lot of downside risks. First of all, can they achieve their fiscal targets? As for the, all the reasons I mentioned, there's a lot of uncertainty around that. Uh, what is the medium-term growth profile of Argentina? The IMF's projecting 3.5 in the medium term, but that could look optimistic. A big thing is that the projected debt decline in Argentina, it's all because there's a projection that the peso will depreciate more slowly than inflation. And that's a very uncertain thing. Last of all, we've also noticed in recent years that the net borrowing of Argentina has far exceeded what would be implied by the deficit. So there's a lot of other below the line issues that, that could also pressure debt metrics going forward that aren't getting a lot of attention. So we have fiscal risks, we have a high level of debt. Then the next risk to talk about is refinancing. Um, so how are you looking at that risk given that there's significant short-term debt and there are 
Argentina is still closed to uh, external markets. Mm -hmm. In 2019, it looks like Argentina has its financing needs covered. 2020 gets a little harder because they do have a sizable stock of debt to roll over and they'll need a, a, some additional fresh financing. The good news is that most of that debt is domestic and should be a little easier to roll over. 2021 gets even more complicated because that's when external bond amortizations become more burdensome and it becomes more imperative for Argentina to have recovered external market access by then. So even if it, Argentina might not need external market access until 2021, it'll be very good news if it's, it's able to demonstrate recovered access next year because our ratings um, take a forward-looking view and, and we'll be thinking a lot about what the plan is for, for 2021 and beyond. Let's move on to politics. Uh, clearly, we have a very competitive October elections coming in. How do you see the election race at this point in time? Up until now, the way the election is shaping up is that the incumbent president, Macri, looks very weak You know, because of the economic situation. His, his approval numbers have, have fallen to very low levels. But the good news for him so far has been that the opposition is very fragmented. His main rival has always looked to be former President Christina Kirchner, but she also has a high rejection rate, and none of the more moderate members of the opposition have really caught fire yet. Now, recently there was a, an interesting surprise where Christina Kirchner uh, announced that she would run for vice president on the ticket with her former chief of staff, Alberto Fernandez. And I think we're, we're still at the stage where all the analysts in the market are still digesting what this really means for the election. So finally, let's get back to the uh, rating outlook. Uh, over what time horizon do you expect to resolve the negative outlook for Argentina? And what are the main factors that you'll be focused on to decide on the future course of rating actions on Argentina? So it's, it's not impossible that, that we do take some rating action before the election if there is a, a new episode of macroeconomic instability, specifically a major depreciation of the peso. That would be bad news for growth, inflation, real wages and of course for for debt dynamics and debt sustainability and also we're looking very closely at the lettes market because I, I did mention that financing risks are something that we see more as a medium-term issue but argentina does as you mentioned have a significant stock of short-term debt that it needs to roll over it's been successful in doing so so far but if that were to change for any reason before the election, that could mean more of a near-term liquidity risk than we're currently anticipating in our baseline and, and could lead to a negative rating action. In the absence of all of that, Argentina's negative outlook is more likely to be resolved after the elections. So what will we be looking at? I think first and foremost, we'll be looking at the new government's ability to keep fiscal consolidation on track. And as I said, it's go I think it's only going to get harder going forward. To, to meet the targets that are currently outlined in the program. Also, what's the growth profile of Argentina? And right now, growth forecasts of 3.5% in the medium term under the IMF program look somewhat optimistic. It's, it's hard to know if Argentina can really achieve such favorable growth rates while the public sector, while it's tightening its belt for a long time, if the private sector is really going to be there to pick up the slack. Thanks a lot, Todd, for your insights. Uh, thank you for listening. And for more on Argentina, you can access our research on our website, fitchratings.com.